I've been thinking about accents a lot lately, like dialect, like English dialect accents. Specifically so. English dialect accents. Yeah. It's harder for L- me to like, differentiate. Like British, you mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, like, like English speaking, you know. Like I can't oh. differentiate accents in Italian because oh, I gotcha, know. gotcha. I mean, that is something that's fascinated me. You know? Yes. I, do you have a favorite accent, Emily? I don't know. I've been listening to an audiobook where mm-hmm. the audiobook reader is doing a real good job of getting just sure. all the UK accents in Love there, that. and I, I, Celtic accents are fun, like Irish and and mm. Scottish, like that area. Can- can you do one? Uh, boy, not reliably. <laughs> I, that's exactly why I want to hear one. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of that relates to this episode of Butter No Parsnips. But oh, we're parsnips. <laughs> oh, parsnips. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Listen, you guys, I'm Emily Moyers. I'm Kyle Imperator. Kyle, you gotta stop imitating what I do. It makes me feel like an idiot. I'm sorry, we were talking about accents. It's true, it's true. That's my Emily accent. <laughs> it just sounded dumb. It's real good, it's spot on. I didn't mean it that way. Listen, Kyle. Yes, mm-hmm. I've got a word. I was just going to say, my, it looks like you've got a word on you. I've got, yes, I've got it's it peeking right out on of your my head. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, in the pocket on my head. Both. I've got a hat with a pocket in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's right up here. Let me just get it out. Yeah, please. Unfold it. Seth's going to oh, put in all these unfolding sounds. Yeah. Your word that I've got mm-hmm. right in my hat mm-hmm. okay. is apricity. Oh. Mm-hmm. A-P-R-I-C-I-T-Y. Apricity. I feel like I heard this recently and I was like, that's not a real word. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so like immediately I see the first five letters and I think apricot. And I wonder if there's a connection there. But I don't know the etymology of apricot, so that really doesn't help me at all. Is it fruit related? It's it's not really. I can't personally see any connection to apricot, <laughs> so I'll save you some some spin in there. I'll find a connection by the end of the episode. Just That's you fair. wait. Your your sentence at the end has to have apricity <laughs> and apricot. And apricot. Good. <laughs> I uh, I'm guessing it's a noun. It is a noun. I'm guessing it's Latin. Latin. It formed in English, but it's derived from a Latin root. Latin roots. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And just to rule this out, I guess, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just making sure this isn't like some kind of cookware brand called like Apron City. <laughs> <laughs> no, Apricity. Apricity. Yes. Is this something you would describe a human with? No, I don't think oh. so. Oh, okay. Is it an animate object you would describe this with? Uh, I mean, it's a noun. 
Hey, this is Butter No Parsnips. <laughs> Welcome to the top of the episode. Emily, it sounds like you got a word for me today. <laughs> What's that word going to be, huh? How are you doing, Kyle? We're a couple minutes yeah, in. How are you feeling? What? Huh? What? <laughs> I'm just saying the clock's ticking on how much we can let okay. the audience sit through this. Apricity, uh, guess my final guess for the million okay. dollar question. Apricity yep. is the state of morbidness. Ooh, uh, no, <laughs> but this could be morbid. Uh, well, apricity, oh, lay it on me, Emily. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in wintertime. Oh. <gasps> I love it. Yeah. I feel it right now. I want uh, it. When I received this word as a suggestion, I happened to be in Florida during a cold snap. And I was like, oh, this is very apt. That's lovely. Yeah. So would you like to hear about this word? Yeah. Tell me about this word, Emily. I want to I hear about apricity. Apricity originated in... In 1623, in a dictionary. That is the first oh. written usage that we have of it is in a dictionary. So is it like we think people were saying it beforehand or just somebody was like, these suffix and prefixes go together? You know, we're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from uh, Henry Cockerham's oh. The English Dictionary or Rough An name. Interpreter of Hard English Words. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the title goes on if you want to hear. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know how much I love that. Yes, we've discussed on this podcast before. A lot of old books have real, real long titles. Yeah. This particular one is The English Dictionary or An Interpreter of Hard English Words, enabling as well ladies and gentlewomen, young scholars, <laughs> clerks, merchants, and also strangers of any nation to the understanding of the more difficult authors already printed in our language and the more speedy attaining of an elegant perfection of the English tongue, both in reading, speaking, and writing i just i guess there was a point in time where publishers or writers i guess really thought unless somebody is named in the title of a book they're not gonna know it's for them <laughs> we gotta say who it's for Let's cover we everything. gotta sell them what they're gonna get from this book <laughs> yeah yeah it's like why why we have abstracts now for right, you know scholarly like articles, yeah. but they were just like put it in the title, or else yeah, they're not gonna it. even crack that baby open. Yeah, they're like we don't want any white space on this title page. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> fill her up. Printing press, we don't need one. Do it the uh, the old fashioned way. We're gonna fill that page up by hand, baby. By hand, <laughs> Kyle. Do you feel like we should have like a run on sentence extended title for our podcast? Oh my God. Absolutely, Emily. <laughs> oh my God. Put that down. I mean, why, why wait, Kyle? Oh, right now? I, today will be yesterday, tomorrow. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Are we going to do like every other word? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to tell the truth, Kyle, I've come up with my submission in advance. Oh. So uh, you got to come up with yours and then okay. I'll share mine. Okay, so uh, mine is going to be butter no parsnips, semicolon, or yeah. comma, yeah. a first-hand account of the most horrid, disastrous, <laughs> wonderful, meaningless, torrid, uh, <laughs> plentiful, marginalized, incredulous, in, in, <laughs> increpidating... <laughs> <laughs> in ink, inktastic words known to gent 
men and gent women speaking the English tongue hyphen yeah. f- also for yokels. <laughs> really good. We're going to type that out and make it look real okay, nice. Cool, I good, want good. you to know that Seth was trying to write it down along with you as you said it. It fell behind so quick. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> good, uh, good stuff. Because if I want to hear yours, though, Emily, what do you yeah, got? So, I mean, I gave myself a bit of an advantage. I spent about half an hour workshopping mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, it'll be on the same level as mine, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What mine do you got? is Butternut Parsnips, or a hearty and humorous presentation of fine and forgotten words, which, though they may enrich no tubers, may serve to fancify one's speech, impress one's peers, tickle one's brain, and brighten one's day. Emily, that is incredible it's inktastic <laughs> like i said i love I, that i spent some time working on it i mean well worth it i i yes i mean we should change most of our social media to being that full title that's gonna confuse no one uh but let's get back to okay. to yes. uh, my, good, my good friend henry cockerum cockerum so cockerum. oh we're gonna talk more about this dude yeah, this dude is who he made the cockerum of the walkerum? He is. He actually is. He was a a lexicographer, as in mm-hmm. someone who studies lexicons and compiles dictionaries mm-hmm. in the early early days of English language dictionaries. There had been bilingual dictionaries like Latin English dictionaries or French English dictionaries back to the early 1500s, but solely sure. English dictionaries didn't appear until the early 1600s. And Cockerum's oh. is literally the third one ever. That's insane. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. that That's way too long for us to go without somebody <laughs> saying, hey, maybe we should just write some of these things down. Yeah. And he's actually the first solely English dictionary to have dictionary in the title. The first two did not. Wow. Yeah. What were they called? Were they called... Uh, Wordsomopsies, <laughs> a fine list of write-em-ups. <laughs> one was called the Table Alphabetical, and oh, one was yes. called the English Expositor. Yes, I think we didn't talk about it, but I think I looked up the Table Alphabetical and sure. ABC to read. One of the earliest bilingual English dictionaries is one that we've talked about. The um, I think it's just called the Dictionary of Sir Elliot Knight which had an entry of quincunx in it sure um, sure sure we'll hit them all someday we'll, we'll get we'll all. get the second yeah. one in and we'll 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 do like a full like review uh like numbering <laughs> best to worst it's dictionaries top five english dictionaries <laughs> on watch mojo on watch mojo read mojo <laughs> but Henry Cockerham's The English Dictionary was what's called a hard word dictionary, as in difficult words were in it. Right. It was, yeah. you know, as as the title suggested, it was aimed to, like, help the common people or people who were learning English as a second language, maybe, understand words that you don't come across in life as much. I mean, good for him, you know? But yeah, you know, he's a real, he's a real swell dude, it sounds yeah. like. And his dictionary was actually the first appearance of a lot of words that no one's heard of, some of them very wild, and I'm sort of inclined not to share them in case I want to use them. (laughs) I definitely don't. Because there might be some podcast-worthy ones. I just want to hear your (laughs) reaction. You want me to just read them and ooh and ah? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll hit a couple later in the episode. Okay. And they'll be good. One word that should be shared, Cockrum's Dictionary was the first appearance in English of the word Balatron. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. So we have him to thank. Yes, which he defined as a rascally base knave. <laughs> literally like i was looking at a list of words that first appeared in that dictionary and mm-hmm. i saw balatron and like you know the way people laugh after they've had a near-death experience because they're just in shock yes that was the laugh that's that how, came out that's of how me. you reacted <laughs> i like to think that he's a medieval elmer fudd with that <laughs> definition for anyone wondering about balatron by the way we've got a patreon episode about it it's entirely a good, it's a about word. it it's so much fun it's really we had a great. good time with balatron and kyle as you suggested earlier given that this dictionary is the first known appearance of a lot of words mm-hmm. it is very possible that some of these words were made up by cockroach for this dictionary yeah. uh, but like you know as we've discussed that's a fine way for words to come into existence it is it's it is uh, as we recently learned from our good friend jessa faris it was a game of the time that people yes. would just oh yeah 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 throw together latin roots and <laughs> make up a new word <laughs> might so, as well make some money off of it uh, yeah sure <laughs> And apricity is a perfect example of that. There was a Latin word, apricatus, which meant warmed in the sun, which formed out of the Latin adjective apricus, which just meant sunny or, you know, a spot that is warmed by the sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not sure where the winter element came in, because there's nothing in the Latin root sure, that would suggest sure. that. So it just somebody, started to feel Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Cockrum was writing the dictionary in December. <laughs> yeah. And said, "How do I? How do I fit this in?" <laughs> but yes, we uh, suddenly we had the word apricity in English in 1623. It's a lovely word. That's a word that I would like to incorporate into my vocabulary, just because it evokes so much feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I guess the person has to know it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, and your odds are not good on that front. Unfortunately, despite Cockerham's best efforts to bring uh, to bring the ivory tower out to the masses and mm-hmm. teach people all these fancy words that he may or may not have made up himself this one did not really ever catch on <laughs> is he the only person to use it ever <laughs> <laughs> he's well, it's a short list <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so for people who have never used the oxford english dictionaries website it is fantastic it will give yeah. you the definition of a word and also several examples of usages of it through the years. If you look up apricity in the Oxford English Dictionary, it has the definition and the quote from Cockerum's Dictionary. And that is it. <laughs> love it. You know, I love when they, yeah, when they're basically like, this is the most important usage of this word in history. <laughs> and it's just it being defined in a different location and it literally says in the definition the oed says apparently it means this (laughs) (laughs) one is led to believe (laughs) yeah so uh apricity does get scattered mentions in other dictionaries in you know 1617 1800s there was a small spike in usage in the mid to late 1700s when it appeared Mm. in a particular dictionary kyle do you have any guesses as to whose dictionary it might have been that sparked interest you said the late 1700s yeah mid to late webster nope 
earlier, mm, I think. The Quaker Oats guy. You think he uh, had a dictionary? I, think, <laughs> I mean, he looks like the Quaker Oats guy. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, I don't know. Francis probably... Bacon? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of Samuel Johnson? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Samuel Johnson, his 1755, A Dictionary of the English Language. <laughs> Should I read his run-on sentence too? <laughs> yes, please. A Dictionary of the English Language in which the words are deduced from their originals and illustrated in their different significations by examples from the best writers to which are prefixed a history of the language and an English grammar. I mean, his is kind of more uh, like technical, you know, it's yes, less flowery. To the point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, his important diction, it was sort of the the dictionary for like 150 years until the Oxford English Dictionary actually came out in the late 1800s, I think. Yeah. Until then, Samuel Johnson's dictionary was like the one. He was the snakes on the plane guy, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam Johnson. <laughs> Sam Johnson. <laughs> He's got a pricity in there. He defines it as just warmth of the sun or sunshine. He does not involve the wintry The winter, thing. yeah. I'm wondering if it's because he looked back at the Latin and said, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason well, for it to be wintertime. That's not what this meant. Huh? <laughs> just a 300-year-old typo corrected. Yeah. I did find one usage of this word and that is not a dictionary in- entry that is very much worth talking about because it's a lot of fun. Oh. And this usage comes to us courtesy of one Samuel Klinefelter Hosshauer. Uh, could you repeat that in English, please? <laughs> is Samuel, he Dutch? He is of German descent. Okay. Um, okay. He's a really interesting guy. And if I had more time, I'd, I'd do a uh, logomachy on him. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a new definition of the word legomachy. <laughs> An exhaustive <laughs> retelling. Yeah. Quick version of Samuel K. Hossauer's story. Mm-hmm. He was born in Pennsylvania, but in a German-speaking neighborhood. Um, sure. So he actually didn't learn in English until he was in his teens. He did not come from a a wealthy or an academic background, but in his teens and 20s, he managed to get educated in English and math and theology and literature and went on to have a long career in education and education administration in the early to mid 1800s. This is very much a self-made man. And it is in this educational context that Hossauer uses the word apricity. It's like in a uh, an announcement, for like a morning announcement for yeah, a school. A morning <laughs> announcement. It's the weather report for that day. So Kyle, Hossauer was one of those teachers that you just love to see, where he was like, listen, I'm not going to do this by the book. I'm going to think sure. outside the box and I'm going to get these kids to have fun and learn at the same time. Love it. Yeah. You ever have a good one like that, Kyle? A good teacher like that? Yeah. One who's like sneaks in some goofs. Sneaks in some goofs? I mean, yes. I mean, I've had so many great teachers like that, but I'm sure they're all listening right now. So <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I don't yeah, want yeah. to single any one of them out. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Really all. Yeah. Every teacher you've ever had was your favorite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, truly, especially you know who, you know, you know, you're <laughs> yeah, they listening, know, they know you know who they are. Yeah, yeah you know who sure. you are. Yeah. 
<laughs> Very diplomatic. Uh, what about you, Emily? You got any? I mean, now you've set up that if I single one out, I'm insulting all the others. Uh, yeah, but like you can't do the same thing as me, you know, so now you gotta. <laughs> no, I had a teacher, he, he was doing SAT vocab with us. And mm-hmm. like lesson plan wise, he wasn't doing anything crazy. He like his lesson plan for the vocab words looked the same as like a sixth grade teacher teaching vocab, but he would just like get really hyped about it. Sure. Like every Monday we'd learn like our 10 new vocab words and he'd be like, oh man, you guys, is vocab Monday. Aren't you excited? <laughs> it's vocab Monday. And it was just like a very infectious excitement. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's worked. It was a great time. I, could, I, see, I see a direct through line to butter no parsnips yeah that that was the foundation i think we need to start a vocab monday i guess that's really (laughs) what butter no parsnips is (laughs) so thank you whoever you are gregory founding founder of (laughs) butter no parsnips monday founding founder Um, founding founder yeah i couldn't think of another word apparently it didn't work that well (laughs) (laughs) He didn't teach you those, you no. know. <laughs> no, but here's what Hassauer would do. Once a week, uh, presumably on Monday, he would <laughs> write a letter from Lorenzo Altisonet, which is a character that he invented. Uh, okay. Altisonet is a fancy word for like pompous. Or sure. Fancy. And every week, Lorenzo Altisonet would write a letter to his friend Squire Pedant detailing his Love travels it. in the West to his friend back in the East. I mean, and the that letters, is so fun. It is so fun. And the letters would be almost exclusively obscure, difficult words, which the students <laughs> would then have to learn to like decode the letter. <laughs> that is so, wow. That's right? incredible. Isn't that fun? <laughs> we could still do that today. Why is no one doing that? <laughs> right? I mean, people could just use these letters that have already been written. You could just pull up one of these letters to Squire Pedant. Do you have one of them? I do. I mean, I I have so many that I could read from, but I've just got a couple quotes here. Sure. So one of the letters, as you can guess, contains the word apricity. Here's the opening of that letter, just to give you an idea of what they sound like. And I'm going to read it how I assume the character Lorenzo Altissonet sounds. (laughs) Of course. Amicable sir, at the termination of my prevenient epistolography, I narrified how, at the incoation of the Heimel season, I entered upon an amphitheatric condition with a opponent proprietor of a section of uberus terra firma, and how Indicator, freed from every traumatic vestige, was occluded in a stromenius kennel. That's, that's the first paragraph. <laughs> Emily, I have no idea what you just said, but what an incredible accent. Thank you so much. I barely know what I just said. I had to Google (laughs) pronunciations for half of those words. Wow, that's great. I I didn't think it would be as star-studded as you had let on. Like, word-wise? Yeah, yeah, not like, why is Samuel Jackson in this letter? (laughs) Yeah, so, like, and, like, the whole letter is like that with just, like, ten letters. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. So the quote that's got apricity, there's just a a little sense I'm going to read, and we'll break this one down to, uh, you know, try to gain meaning out of it. That first one, I'm going to leave untranslated as a little little puzzle, little puzzle that you can do at home. home. Yeah. First one to solve it. Comment below. (laughs) Yeah. Comment below and we'll 
like it. Yep, we'll like the comet. That's all we're gonna do. Yeah, but but secretly on the inside, uh, we're gonna um put you in our will. Wow, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can go for that. <laughs> <laughs> like the will of the podcast though like our our collective podcast yeah, 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 for yeah, when the yeah, podcast yeah. dies <laughs> so which is um our google drive accounts <laughs> and our microphones and USB-C adapters <laughs> all right kyle here's this other quote this one's also very fun lay it on me <clears throat> These humicubations, the nocturnal irrorations, and the dankishness of the atmosphere, generated by a want of apricity, were extremely febrifacient. It ends with febrifacient? Febrifacient. What the yeah. heck does that it's, mean? Yeah. So febrifacient means uh, something that causes a fever. Oh. Irroration means sprinkling with dew. And humicubation is the act of lying on the ground. So, uh, wow. What he just said was basically, I was lying on the ground, and there was dew, and the the air was wet, and there was no sun, so I got a fever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you think like we're gonna get to a point in time where we revert back to talking like that? <laughs> Where, like, texts speak just goes backwards. Yeah. I mean, there's only one way we can make it happen, Kyle, and it's That's that true. you and I have to start talking like that today. It's, it's, it's that you and I become co-presidents of the United States <laughs> and force everyone to speak that way by penalty of death. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, and they'll call it the butter no parsnips tyranny. Yeah. But once we're overthrown, then you get what's in our will. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still the Google Drive accounts. Yeah. No, we haven't gained anything. Yeah. Uh, um, love anyway, that, Emily. I, I love that guy. I love all of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So these letters were later collected and published as a book called Letters to Squire Pedant in the East. You can find it. it on Google Books for free. They're a very fun time if you're into obscure and difficult words. <laughs> I would hope that if they're listening to this podcast, <laughs> they're at they've least at least got, interested. yeah, <laughs> truly. <laughs> Apricity? What the heck does that mean? I don't want, I, if I don't know about it, why would I listen to the episode? <laughs> uh, hate that guy. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I love these letters because they were created as an educational tool as was Henry Cockerham's English Dictionary, which was the original sighting of Apricity. Yeah, I mean, those are all like really great ways to teach vocabulary without it being like so dry, you know, as just rote yeah. memorization. And more useful, I'd say, than like some mnemonics that we went over. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get to see how well those educational tools worked. Oh, no. Kyle... Can you use apricity and apricot in a uh, sentence? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> I believe in I you. I think I think I can even use febrifashion. Febrifashant. Febrifashant. What was what the hum, humi humification one? Oh, humicubation. That means lying humicubation. on the ground. Humicubation. I can't use any of those words. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> and could you please deliver this sentence as Lorenzo Altissonant? Yes, as Lorenzo. Yes, okay. Um, yesteryear, I was 
humicubating upon thine quartzite rock <laughs> a- amidst <laughs> you're going great so far keep going amidst the apricity of a hot winter <laughs> of a hot winter's chill <laughs> when unbeknownst to thy mm-hmm. thine apricot came to life in a febrofashioned manner and <gasps> I was drawn to the pits of Tartarus. Oh, okay. It, you fell you fell a little at the end there, but what? Uh, mm-hmm. Huh? Right up I until both the feverish words. apricot, you were doing really great. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant he was feverish, and it was like, oh, like, am I feverish? Hey, this apricot has come to life, you know? Sure. <laughs> Kyle, let's play a game. <laughs> let's play a game. <laughs> So, Kyle, here's a fun fact for you. Apricity oh, okay. is not the only seasonal word in Henry Cockrum's oh, English Dictionary. That's a fun fact. It is. It's so fun. <laughs> and what's even more fun is I have here a list of words from his dictionary, some uh-huh. of them relating to winter, some of them relating to spring. So, oh. Kyle, So he's only got do... those two no, yeah, in his that's dictionary. just winter words, spring words, spring words. nothing else. <laughs> He's um, he hibernated the other two seasons. Yes. Uh, but speaking of hibernation, Kyle, I thought perhaps since at the time this episode will be released, it was recently Groundhog Day. <gasps> you could tell me if the groundhog sees his shadow, meaning six more weeks of winter, as in this was a winter word, or doesn't see his shadow, meaning an early spring, that this was a springtime word. Love it. I'm all for it. All right. So your first word, Kyle, is foliation. Foliation has to be, doesn't see a shadow. Yeah, you got it. Uh, it's a springtime word. It means the budding of leaves. Oh, like when they become friends. Yeah, when they're buds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like you and me, Kyle. Oh, <laughs> she admits it on the podcast, but you know, only then. <laughs> yeah. When we're in real life, she like, you know, she pushes me onto the, into puddles. Yes. <laughs> Your next word, Kyle, is repolulate. Oh, no. That's a, that's a $5 word right there. It's a $5 word. I'm going to have to put $5 on Seize's Shadow. Seize's Shadow, incorrect. <gasps> he does not. <clears throat> that is a springtime word. And repullulate means to bud anew. And pullulate oh. means to bud. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Next one. Hymate. H-Y-E-M-A-T-E. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's a trick, but I'm going to say doesn't see a shadow. No. Why oh. Why do you say a trick? Because why would there be the same answer three times in a row? <laughs> no, he he does see a shadow. This is a winter word. To hymate means to winter at a place, to spend winter at a place. Oh, yeah. Like you did in Florida, where you experienced the apricity. Yeah, I, I spent all winter there. <laughs> all winter there. And now winter is over. <laughs> all right, Kyle, next one. Brumal. B-R-U-M-A-L. Oh. Could be spelled with two L's. Wait, isn't Brumal... I feel like that's from uh, Jabberwocky. <laughs> I don't think it's in there. What's the... Oh, I don't know. Brumal. 
I'll know it when you give it to me. Oh, wait, I don't need to guess the definition. No, just you just to have guess. to tell me if it's winter or spring. I'm going to go with Caesar's Shadow. Correct. Oh, uh, This is a wintertime word. It just means of or belonging to winter. Oh, I like just that. Just winter related. Yep. Hmm. Last one. Mm-hmm. Verder. V-E-R-D-O-U-R. And this one I could only find in Cockrum's Dictionary. Couldn't oh. find any other mention of it. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the word verger, V-R-E-R, V-E-R-D-U-R-E. Yeah, so I'm going to assume that it's... Symbolar, but different. Symbolar. I'm going to say doesn't see a shadow. Yeah, you're right. It's a springtime word. Verger, according to Henry Cockrum, just means greenness. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Verde. There was a lot of words I, with the V-E-R start meaning you know i liked verder because uh, you could use it like that's an agatha christie novel the verder murder yes <laughs> you know well, i feel like it sounds it sounds like ardor which is like an intense oh, sure. word yeah yeah the ardor for verder and the yeah. of apricots uh, yeah we're just wow, writing a, a whole romance one. series here <laughs> <laughs> love it emily great oh, stuff thanks 10 man. thumbs up uh, 10 thumbs gonna, up yeah, I'm going to, one, use all of these fancy words in my everyday now. And two, I'm also going to speak like run-on titles yes. for these old books from now on. <laughs> Even the ones that don't have them, we're going to invent them. Yes, exactly. So thank you for that, Emily. Thank you to those of you at home. Remember, you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Butter No Parsnips. If you donate $5 or more, you earn a shout-out either on social media or right here on the podcast. Thank you so much to all of you uh, who help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Emily Moyers. And I've been Kyle Imperator. And this has been Better New Prison. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.